welcome to TA1, everything you want to know about adventure racing, and then some. I'm your host, legendary Randy Erickson, and I got got the girls, even though they got boys' names, they're girls, with me here. So, um, this week's episode is a little unusual, just got done recording it, and I'm going to get this little intro in and up and out tomorrow, I just... Just in time podcasting, joining the 20th century, 21st, 22nd, whatever. Anyway, um, let's see. What's oh? You can be jealous. I posted this, so most of you have seen it. But um, got my ticket to go hang out with Chris Radcliffe for a week, covering Shenandoah Tough. It's always a good time. Going to be a little bit different being on Chris's Chris's home turf. Um, Generally in Wyoming, I, I'm, I'm in charge. Maybe I just get to sit and take pictures this time, and video, and make everybody legends. But um, it's uh, looking forward to it. I like hanging out with Chris a lot. Yeah, most of you that know him uh, understand why. So got that coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, I don't know. Not much else going on. Had an interesting um, shoot last weekend. I went to a 50-mile horse race, endurance race. Um, it really wasn't that much different than a you know, 50-mile run or a long mountain bike, ultra mountain bike, or even adventure racing. Um, maybe even with adventure racing because they, um, they were doing about basically like 12-mile loops, and then they would have a... Uh, Come back to the camp and have an hour. Uh, what do they call it? R and P, P and R. Yeah, pot or pulse and respiration. So they would have an hour uh, dark zone before they could get going again. So um, very interesting. I liked uh, I liked hanging out with the uh, horse people. It's um, you learn. It'll be fun to do some more because you can you know you start learning and feel like. You belong. Um, you, you, you get to know the people and um, can ask them really stupid questions in the middle of races, like um, somebody that's sitting here with two birds does. So, <clears throat> anyway, um, did that. Might be doing some more of it. Because uh, unfortunately, we might be a little down on expedition races next year. So, uh, we chat a little bit about that in this episode. So, um, Let's uh, let's do it. I've talked long enough. Headphones are getting tight. So uh, go fast, take chances, and uh, thanks for listening. Bye. Hello, Michelle. Is that you? It, it is me. How you doing? Good. Okay. Yep. Now comes the tricky part. I have to. I have to. Let's see. Okay. Where am I at? <laughs> Uh, oh, there we go. Plus sign. Nope. To add a um, add another caller. Yeah. Yep. Let's see. I I did know how to do this, and then Skype changed everything. Oh, okay. And I've oh. only, and I've only yeah. done it once since then. Let's see this hmm. one, maybe. No, nope, not that one. Uh, I know it's not that hard. Let's see. <laughs> Let's just try this. Okay.
Do you hear those nice dulcet tones? Yeah, I hear those. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't do it. Okay. Oh, maybe the uh, <clears throat> ad person. Oh, yeah, that'll work. <laughs> Okay. Got it. The funny. See, I don't hear it ringing, but. Where's the phone ringing? Are you there? What? Hello. 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 Oh, I, I, we—it's working. It I is. See it's, I see. We have three people. Oh. Wow. Um, so, are you guys sitting in the same room? No, no we're we're on opposite ends of the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So okay. Yeah. So if somebody says something, at least you got to drop the phone and run run across the house to whack them, huh? <laughs> yeah, that, I'd have to actually run upstairs. I think. Okay. I'm not sure. Um, Okay, who am I talking to? Yeah, so my name is Michelle uh, Fauché, and it's Fauché, not Fokker. Yeah. Let everybody know that. And, uh, yeah, I've uh, been adventure racing for, gosh, since 2004, I think. Long time now. Um, I run Adventure Addicts Racing when I'm not uh, working and uh, doing farm chores on, on the farm. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I like to ride my bike. <laughs> ride your so, bicycle. That's me. Okay. And who else we got? I'm Liz, also Fauché. Um, and I am the other adventure addict. And I've been adventure racing for about 10 years. One of my first races was the first race that adventure addicts put on. And I met Michelle through adventure racing. Yep. And... Now I I work and run the farm and help with the company. So, all right. Yeah. So, what kind of farmers are you? What do you grow? What do you have? How big's the spread? <laughs> oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna defer that question to Liz. <laughs> <laughs> we are flower farmers. We sell cut flowers, and we have also 19 ducks that my children saddled us with, and um, a couple of chickens and an unruly labradoodle. Let's. Um, yep. I've never met flower farmers. How did you? <laughs> how did you become flower farmers? I kind of like saying that. We um, we fell in love with this house. Um, it was the first day we were looking at a house in Charlottesville, and we fell in love with the house. And it happened to have five acres, and so we just sort of backed into it. And it has a lot of land, and flower farming is actually something that has a high percentage of profit per square foot and michelle's mother is yeah. also a flower farmer so she's been very helpful yeah yeah i kind of grew up around it so, so um yeah but it's definitely uh something that liz leads the charge on and she's she's awesome at it so yeah yep. so what i mean obviously can you grow all year round what kind of flowers do you you knew you weren't, we weren't going to talk about adventure racing, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's <laughs> no, cool. Yeah. Yeah, we, well, we have a huge vegetable garden, but, um, gosh, Liz, what have you, yeah, she, she really we does a lot of it. We have pretty much everything. 
Uh, We have a little bit of everything. We grow from March through October. Okay. So, and then is it, I mean, do, is it something where they all, all bloom at the same time and you got to get rid of them in a hurry or, or do they kind of uh, spread out and you, you know, have fresh flowers all the time? We tend to, we try to have fresh flowers all the time. If you do it the other way, the first way, then you don't make a lot of money. You end up with a lot of rotten flowers. So we try and spread out through the entire year. Interesting. And then, so obviously you you sounded like a wholesaler. Then do your, could I have bought in your flowers? Not, I don't think I've ever bought, no, I've bought pot flowers, but not very often. She'd rather have bike parts. But so that they go like, (laughs) Around the around the nation? No, we we do local flowers, so we do okay. flowers that don't grow very that that you that don't ship very well. Okay. So we do weddings, and we're doing a, a, a community supported agriculture a CFA for flowers next year. Oh, cool. Do yeah. you um, what do you have more often on the dining room table, flowers or maps? <laughs> Oh, oh that's a good question. Well, the, the, flower, the flowers have the flowers have their own space outside in a in a barn. So, and I the maps, maps have their own actually, space in our yeah. office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah probably inside the house maps and outside the house okay. flowers. <laughs> but do you ever do you ever just have flowers in the house just because you have flowers? Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'm and we bring I'm in them. The we bring them right right too. Yeah, yeah we'll oh, set up okay. little flower things. But I'm sitting in the living room right now and staring at several big, you know, bouquets and of, of flowers from the fields that Liz did earlier today. So, so, so yeah. okay. I'm, I promise we'll I'll get off this. So, do you do arrangements or do you just sell flowers to florists? We I don't direct sell to florists at the moment um, because okay. then you have to sell at a wholesale price. Um, at okay. the moment, we do. We've done a wedding, and we do arrangements. All right. Oh, see. Okay, I kind of understand. So, <laughs> you, you have a good business yeah. model, a simple business model, if I can understand it. So, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, but it's not our. It's not a full time job. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. At least at, at the moment, maybe maybe one day it would be, but not right now. So yeah, just a little something on the side. Labor of love. So, yep. Yeah. Um, so, is Adventure Addicts a full-time job? No, oh no, not <laughs> not at all. I we both work full-time, and uh, no, I just I started it back in 2012, um, really because I just obviously had been racing for a while and uh, had been working with on some races, some with another company, um, Odyssey Adventure Racing, actually, mm-hmm. way back when, and just re- thought it was a lot of fun and. I was like, gosh, we, I could do this. And uh, I started it with Aunt, my good friend, Andy Bacon. But it was always a, a side job and, and just something we did for love. Um, and, and we still do. I, I don't think and um, I don't really think, want to actually ever do it full time. Um, yeah. You don't, we just, you don't uh, want to do like, a lot of time. Like, yeah. You don't want to go the Andy route and be a full time job? No, no, not really. Yeah. I think we'd have to a lot of other stuff and um, I, I have a lot of I guess we just have a lot of other interests and things mm-hmm. we want to do you know that take up our time 
um, to make it to put on more more races than we can handle in a year. So yeah, well, you'd, yeah. you'd probably like to race once in a while, correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that's so. part of it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I no. I totally understand because I mean, you know, I my whatever that is that I do for adventure racing isn't full time, and I don't wouldn't want it to be because then it's a job. Yeah. Exactly, kinda, I can, think it uh, it would become a job, and I think some of the fun would would go away. Yeah. So. so how many how many events do you guys do a year then? Um, it, it ranges. So last year was a big year. We had gosh six races, seven six. races. Six races and uh, six, six races, races, five of which were brand new. Yeah, it was it was, it was a lot. It was, um, it was a lot of effort. Yeah, and then all so adventure year, races. We did adventure races, and then we put on an Xterra actually, okay. um, as well. And yeah. this year we're just doing three races. We scaled back to three races, um, and several of our races have several events, you know, on the same day. Sort of that yeah. model where you do two or three races within a race. Um, so, and then, uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a much better balance, I think, the three races so far this year for us. So, yeah. It makes um, sense. And so, is, is the, the Buff Betty coming up? Is that the marquee, your marquee race? It's definitely, it's definitely our favorite race, I'd say. Um, Definitely, you know, for the year after year, um, we, we just love putting it on. We have it coming up in September. There's just a yeah. really low, low key, just a different vibe and um, a lot of fun. So yeah. um, I, I would say our marquee race for this year is we're doing our. Uh, we have a 24 hour event in November that we're we're working on, and that would that's probably would be the big one for the year. At least yeah. uh, the one that we're in terms of time and effort focusing on the most so it's in our it's in our backyard so that's why we love it so much yeah yeah Yeah. um so yeah so okay i'm going to assume since you're on a farm and you we talked a little bit or you know you talked about wi-fi problems i understand so you guys are are you in the middle of nowhere no, no, we're not. People think no. we are. Um, okay. But we're not. We, we live People about from the, 20 from minutes outside of Charleston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's, we're that's not bad. Target. Yeah. No. We're 10 minutes from a Target, yeah. no. we're it, it target so I consider us not. Yeah. Well, and that's yeah. the way we are. We're 20 minutes outside of town, but, you know, it's like I can, I can make it from the Chinese place home. In the Chinese places on the other side of town, I can make it home in about forty minutes if I have to. So, yeah, <laughs> it's not too yeah. bad. But we, so, uh, but we, it's definitely farmland out where we are. I mean, we have cows, you know, in the backyard. Um, not our cows, someone else's cows, um, and uh, constant, yeah, power outages all the time and things like that. So, yeah. it feels like sometimes it feels like we're isolated, but we're, we really aren't. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I mean, so you talk about the race being in your backyard. It's not quite literally in your backyard, but pretty close. So the one in November we have, yeah, no, we, we could have a checkpoint at our house if, if I wanted to with, with the okay. race course design. We're not going to, um, yeah. but it is, it, is our, uh, it is our playground. I mean, we, okay. uh, we can ride out the door and be in the mountains in about eight, eight miles from our house, um, so there's just a lot of great 
terrain and land and um, trails and property all over the place that we never have to get in a car to go to. So it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's yeah. really nice. I always I always tell people I think I got hooked when Primal Quest was here in Badlands because yeah. there literally was a checkpoint 400 meters from our house. So yeah, yeah. But um, so um, yep. actually, I don't think you you said so. I got to bring it up. The Buff Betty is a women's only race, correct? It is. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. the only one in the country, and we, that we're aware of. We, yeah. yeah, that we're aware of. No one's said it said otherwise, so we're yeah. sticking with that claim. <laughs> wow. um, and yeah, it started many many years ago. Actually, um, another race company put it on, and we it was actually the third, maybe the third adventure race I had ever done, way back in two thousand and six, third or fourth. Um, and met, several years later, the guy that put it on, um, he sort of went out of business, not putting on races. And when we started Adventure Addicts Racing, we actually we basically took it over from him because I really loved the concept and just thought it was really unique and different. And so we've been putting it on ever since, once a year. Um, and it is, uh, yeah, all, all female, and uh, it's just a lot of fun. We get a lot of guy volunteers. I, I have to say there's, we never have a problem getting volunteers for this event because they come out in droves, um, yeah. all the husbands and the boyfriends and such. Um, yeah. Well, that's cool. And is it yeah. like a lot of um, beginners, casual adventure racers – do you get and serious ones or what what's what's the mix we get both we get definitely the whole yeah. gamut we have we have we have serious adventure racers who are doing it as a training day um mm-hmm. who've done it expedition links who regularly do expedition links um events and we also have people who just want to spend a fun day in the woods with their friends hmm. yeah. cool yeah we find that we have a i'd say because, you know, we know year after year who, who does the race and we recognize names. And I'd say about 50% of the racers, this is the one race they do a year and that's it. Yeah. Um, and they just uh, they just know about it. They're they're aware of the sport. They love to bike and paddle and hike, um, but they're not really interested in doing anything else. Um, and they sort of save the date. And, and they really do do it with their friends and, you know, get, get everybody together and just have a lot of fun. Um, cool. So it's uh, yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Can I ask a sexist question? <laughs> did, did, <laughs> I may I you know whatever. Yeah. Do you think um, that women can enjoy that more just the day out with their friends than men? Did the men get more competitive or see? I said it was sexist. Mm-hmm. So did you, I, you know kind I of what I'm saying? Is it? So. Okay. I think we get, the, again, a, a wide range. Like, there are some okay. hyper-competitive women who like to adventure yeah. race, and that's fine. Yeah. And there are some who just don't have the time to put into it, and so they come out and have a good time. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to make an overall, an overreaching um, statement on how they feel about it. But there are some yeah. seriously, I've, I've done the best study. I am very competitive when I'm racing, and... So, yeah, yeah. Well, that's fine. I'm I'm the one that's here to make general overreaching, wild <laughs> statements. So, <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah. I, I've learned doing this podcast, learning that if I ask really stupid questions, usually I can get a smart answer. So that works for me. <laughs> I think that was a good answer. Good answer, Liz. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's uh, let's get back in the Wayback Machine because I want to know how each of you got got started. What uh, yeah? What is what is, what was wrong with your brains? Exactly. I know, right? <laughs> um. So wow. I uh, so I first heard of heard about adventure racing through the Eco Challenge. You know, like so many so many people I seem to know out there. Um, I'd watch it on TV and it's like, wow, that seems really cool. I want to do that one day. And I was just finishing up um, another playing at a very high level for most of my life at a professional level, um, another sport, um, but not an endurance sport. I used to play tennis, and I was sort of winding down my tennis career and was looking for something else to feed my competitiveness and keep me fit and in shape and decided that it was adventure racing. So... Um, I lived in the D.C. area at the time, and there was a pretty big community of adventure racing. Odyssey Adventure Racing was big back then, and I just, you know, I Googled, I Googled the sport, and they came up, Odyssey came up, and EX2 Adventures came up, and I signed up for a, a clinic and went out and bought a mountain bike. Um, I'd never been on a mountain bike before. I'd never been trail running. I'd never been in a boat. Um, whole idea of mapping compass navigation was completely foreign. But I did have a an, I have an aunt who's a really big orienteer, and she uh, huge. I mean, she goes all over the world and um, goes to the world championships, and I was just really into it. And she actually inter- introduced me to orienteering, um, that sort of went into the adventure racing all sort of at the same time, um, in the same yeah. year, and that's kind of how I, I first really dove into it, um, and sort of never looked back. Um, and uh, yeah, just fell, fell in love with it, and, and I had the time. I was relatively young as well. I yeah. was gosh, probably twenty four or twenty five, um, and just uh, you know, just just really, really got addicted to it, um, which is really where the name of the, the adventure addicts racing comes from. Um, and along the way, you know, I met Andy and people like Shane Hagerman and you know guys like that because we all lived in DC and um, just started racing and. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of how it all started. It's interesting. I have to digress for just a minute, but how did your aunt become so big in orienteering? It's Yeah, it's it's not not quite normal. Okay. It's a little, yeah, she's from upstate New York, and I think they have a really big orienteering community up there. Um, Yeah really popular particularly like ski orienteering mm-hmm. and i believe that she found out about it through a ski o um because she was skiing and, and met some people and uh she's a teacher she's a math teacher mathematician so the whole idea of you know angles and triangulation and you know all of that stuff you know being in the woods she just loved and uh just really, really got into it. It's definitely, and she still does it competitively, and she travels. And I think she was in uh, New Zealand last year at one point um, doing stuff. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Did she yeah. come out here to the Black Hills for Worlds? Do you know? In uh, three years ago, four I years know. ago. She she might have. Yeah, yeah, she might have. I 
Um, yeah. I know she's doing a lot of the masters right now, the masters yeah. orienteering. Because she's up, you know, she's, um, gosh, I don't know, maybe, well, probably my mom's age, actually. So, um, but she's, she's amazing. Definitely sort of one of my role models as I was getting into the sport. Um, and, and she follows our races and she supported me and she, she went to PQ with me when we did PQ Montana. She was actually part of our support crew. Um, and absolutely loved it. Really got it, you know, um, yeah. and you know, the navigation and just thought it was amazing. Um, so it's pretty cool to be able to share that with her. Do you think that that influenced you in the early days, having somebody like that, that knew, uh, what you were doing and oh. was able to encourage you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, she thought it was awesome that I was getting into it, and she would always say, God, if I, if I had this sport when I was your age, I would have loved this. Um, yeah. And actually, the one of the best things she did is she was really able to convince my parents that it was a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually what she helped with yeah. a lot. Um, yeah. and, you know, she would sort of calm my mom particularly my mom down and you know um yeah she's having fun and she's it's great it's it's great stuff and she's safe and you know i think she really sort of got them to you know see that it was it was cool and i I really loved it and um things like that so so yeah great cool ants are wonderful yeah 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 yep yeah Okay, Liz, I hope your story is cool. You got a cool <laughs> mine, old aunt? Mine is very, very different. Um, I had three kids in five years. This is a long time ago. They're all in their yeah. 20s now. And I needed to get back in shape or to get into some sort of shape. And so I started running uh, in the mornings before the kids got up with some moms in the neighborhood. And then sort of segued into triathlon then tried a marathon and then fell very hard in love with mountain biking. And that's what I did for, I think, eight or nine years just exclusively. Endurance stuff, 24-hour races. Yeah. I did a stage race. Um, I went to Poland, did MTBO. Um, and then I got into adventure racing just because I was kind of getting bored with mountain biking. And that, and then I've been doing that for, I don't know, eight, eight nine years now. Yeah. yeah, that's so a little, I do understand little bit different. The women. It is a little different, but I do understand that the buffetties who are coming out just because they yeah. want to have a fun day outside with their friends. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you got getting that serious into mountain biking. Uh, how did you? How did you make that transition from? Uh, you know, sort of sounds like a traditional mom with with three kids to becoming a idiot mountain biker so my friends thought i was clinically insane (laughs) it was they were certain of it yeah it was just it was just so amazing to be out there on my bike there was always something new to do and it yeah with three with three kids it was it was kept me sane for a long time yeah i can see i can understand well I got the I got my idiot birds with here, so I can understand wanting to get out of the house. <laughs> so at least I can I can lock I can lock these two up if I have to. But um, so, what kind of yeah. progression did you guys do once once you started adventure racing? You know, the tip. Did either one of you do like a six day for your first race, or did you do the standard? You know, three hours, um, six, twelve, 
Oh, Michelle. No, did. I did a. No, I well, I, I think my first race was I think a six or eight hour, um, mm-hmm. eight hour race, and then I, I did a couple small ones, but my maybe my third or fourth race was the Odyssey Efix, the Endorphin Fix, the two day. Um, back then it was a two day race, mm-hmm. and I was probably not should probably not have been doing it, but I but I did, <laughs> and and loved it, and then and survived it um and then just did i think from there i just did a lot of 24-hour races i really love the overnight going into the 24-hour um definitely a lot more than the shorter races and, and now i really love the expedition this expedition races are really what i what i really love and yeah. spend most of my time doing um and that took a while to get to, to up to enjoying the three four five day races um and, and then I did PQ, and gosh, probably within two years or a year and a half, I did PQ. And I don't think we were prepared and really had any business being there either at the time. Yeah. Um, but we did, um, and, yeah. and it was awesome. It was an amazing experience. Not nine and a half days later, um, back yeah. when you know, the races were ten days. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I guess sort of all over the place, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Do you um, do you kind of miss the the ten day race? Um, if, if you, <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> no, I don't actually. Okay. I yeah, I think I, I like uh, I think four days is great. Okay, it's the perfect kind of, the perfect number. You know, the untamed distance three and a half to yeah. four days untamed. The I did Expedition Oregon earlier in the year, and that was sort of the perfect time where you're you're it's it's over quick enough that it, it doesn't go into that fifth sixth day where it just i feel like it can drag on and things get mm-hmm. dicey and <laughs> yeah you know you're you sort of really start to deteriorate at least for me anyway um yeah. three and a half to four days is a good stopping point so yeah but but you had yeah. to do that 10 day to at least oh, yeah. get it out of oh, your I system. Oh, I have to do it to experience it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it's a lot. It's, you know, so much time. I mean, mm-hmm. it, you know, I had to, it was almost a month, you know, right a month out of out of my life um, for yeah. races that long. And I think there's a reason there's not m- many of them anymore. It's, uh, it's a huge commitment. Um, yeah. Really even more is. so than a, a standard expedition these days, so. Yeah. yeah. So Liz, how about you? What is what's what's been your progression? Um, I was very scientific about it. When I decided to switch from mountain biking, I took classes in kayaking and I joined running groups and I had a training plan and and I I prefer shorter things. I did a lot of solo racing just because my schedule was kind of funky with the kids. Mm-hmm. So I I ended up doing a 24-hour by myself, um, and I, I loved it, but sort of went more towards shorter races after that. Just lack of time, basically. Yeah. So where are you at now? Kind of what would you what would your sweet spot be for for a race? Oh, well, we have a we're going to do an eight-hour at the end of this month. So at the end of next month, so that's going to be it. We did a 25k. We did a 25k run. Uh, yeah, we do. A, we're trying to. We do a lot of other 
Yeah. We've done a couple ultras together, a lot of sort of other things, um, you know, mount, a lot of mountain bike races together, I'd say. Um, we try to do one adventure race a year together, okay. um, and it's coming up. And um, I think any, yeah, I think sort of going overnight into the 24-hour time frame, I don't, it's hard for me to get Liz to drag her along and, and take her with me to do one of those. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, are are you okay with that, or would you really like to do an expedition race? Make her, make her, make her do one with you. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Okay. I, I I don't think she would enjoy it at all. <laughs> okay. I mean, well, that's um, fair. Not something right? that appeals to me. Yeah, it's not something that really appeals to me. I I think yeah. it's great that Michelle still loves to do them. She still does an expedition about it one a year, and I think it's fabulous and. More power to her, but I don't have yeah. the time to put into that kind of training. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it, it takes a lot. So, um, well, so of course, I have to ask you my my standard question: When you guys race together, are you married? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Uh, oh. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yes, because the race so, is eight yeah. hours long, but we're married forever. So I'm not going to yeah. say or do anything to endanger that or endanger her. Yeah. Yeah, we were I mean, we were doing uh, our first race together, and her mother said she was talking to us on the phone as we're driving to Kentucky to do this race, and she said, "Be kind and loving to each other," and that's what we do. We applied that to our marriage also, but it's a really good yeah. way to be be kind to each other during the race. That's yeah, yeah. that's absolutely uh, good advice for everybody. Everybody, whether you're racing or in real life. Exactly. Yep. That's the way we apply it. Yeah. Cool. So, um, so one of the things actually I want to talk to you guys with is, oh, we're going to get boring now. Is logistics. <laughs> so yeah, and untamed, <laughs> and, and and kind of, and actually, I'd kind of like to to um, your what what was your untamed like? Because you're kind of on the other side of the of the uh, equation, so. So what what was well, your guys' role there, and how often did I've you get rained on? I've been telling people that we spent our summer vacation in a in a small windowless room in a police station because that was our <laughs> summer vacation. But it was so much fun. I had so much fun. The entire four or five days of Untamed was so great. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was should, a lot of people fun. should. Yeah, I was going to say people should know when you say a small windowless room that literally. Is true. I oh, I yeah, stuck my true. head in there once. So, <laughs> so yep. and uh, no, it was it was great. It was uh, the first time for me. Obviously, I've done on team several times, and um, it was it was really great. It was a great experience being on the other side, um, seeing it all happen. And as Liz said, it was it was it was a lot of work. You know, we mm-hmm. may not have slept as just as much as a lot of the racers over the course of the four or five days, but just fun, you know, fun to watch everybody um, really sort of be the eyes in the skies, um, 24 hours, um, and uh, all the stuff going on. And, um, yeah, we I had, a, I had a great time as well. Yeah. So yeah. What, what, would, what was an average shift? If uh, I'm sure there wasn't an average one, but what was it that you would be doing while you were sitting there? 
I brought this um, bag of stuff that, to do while I was there because I thought we would just be sitting, waiting for phone calls <laughs> to come in every couple of hours. And I literally had a bag of things to do, and I never mm-hmm. looked at it. It was yep. constant. It was talking on the phone to people, sending texts out to various aid stations. We were It was dot watching on steroids. We were watching all the dots for basically 18 hours a day, um, personally, and then between all five of us in HQ, we had our we were we had eyes on the racer dots 24 hours a day. We were moving all the trucks around to make sure that everybody's gear needed to be where it was supposed to be. We were moving volunteers around. Um, God love them. I don't know. I'm, I've never had to ask somebody to go, you know, to go to a TA where they were going to be sitting in their truck in the rain in the cold for 48 hours and have them cheerfully do it. They're like, okay, yeah. that's where I need to be. That's where I need to be. They were amazing. And it was just a lot. It was just nonstop logistics. When there were three people in the room, when two of us were off on break, it was yeah. a little bit too little. It was, we uh, really had so much to, we needed that that amount of staff. Yeah. Well, I think a part of it too was the weather. Um, the weather made it, you know, a little bit, uh, a little bit more challenging dealing with things going out on the course and, and decisions and all of that stuff. So, um, but we basically worked probably what eighteen hours a day, nineteen hours, twenty hours. It was a day. eighteen hour days. Yeah, I we yeah. had we would go and get meals, and then we would get like a three hour sleep break. And then yep. be back. And then be back. Uh, yep. yep. Yeah. No, it was um, from my little little visit in there. It looked pretty amazing to you, and and I know you spent a lot of time texting on oh, your yes. wonderful, wonderful phone. <laughs> oh, so. oh boy, yeah, the blueberry, yeah. the blueberry, awesome little phone. So, yeah, so yeah, um, just yeah, just so was, people uh, know, the blueberry <laughs> may be dead, but it's not buried yet. No. Okay. <laughs> should we, we should we tell everybody what the blueberry is? Blueberry? <laughs> yeah, you, you guys tell them what the blueberry is. <laughs> oh, okay. The blueberry <laughs> was, Grant, Grant actually doesn't even know where the blueberry is. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks it's he thinks we crushed it and destroyed it, but it's so, out there somewhere. Well, you want to know a secret? I, What's I'm that? looking at it. <laughs> I am looking at the blueberry. <laughs> awesome. I have I have plans for the blueberry. Oh, that's why. That's why I gave it to you. Yep. <laughs> I knew you would. Uh, we I have to explain. Would, perfect person to yeah. give it to. Yeah. We have to so, explain what the blueberry yeah. is for those who who were not at the ending ceremony where we beat it. Yeah. yeah. The blueberry was a 2005 thereabouts BlackBerry phone that mm-hmm. was our HQ phone. So it was the phone that everybody had, and because we were doing shifts. We all we couldn't use our own phones because somebody might call in the middle of the night and we would be asleep, and so we needed to only have this one phone. Unfortunately, this phone was from another century, basically, mm-hmm. and it <laughs> when a text would come in, it would stop everything, and so you had to read the text, and if you had been typing a text with someone else, you had to go back to that, but none of us could work it because the, the, the little keys were so small that you basically yeah. had to use a pencil lead to type and <laughs> it couldn't call Canada and so none of the Canadian people who were volunteers or were racing that we needed to get in touch with 
we could get in, we couldn't get in touch with them through the blueberry. And what were the there were uh, the whole thing was just it was it was it was, it was became so it became a laughing funny thing. it was it was a running joke yeah. it was a running joke within yeah. the entire HQ. Yeah, but we made it work. We made it work though. We did. I, it took me. It took me ten minutes to write a, a one-line text message on this thing, um, and yeah. but we we all yeah we just kind of you know did what we did with it and it got everything done and it, it never died and um, it always had good power and full service everywhere so um, I'll give it that much but um, that's, that's we went, true uh, yeah. yeah so. So now we pretty much all told Grant that you know we're we're never going to work another HQ for him again unless he has an iPhone 10 <laughs> that, he, that he gets for us. So um, yeah, yeah, I, I you deserve that, or maybe you know get a Skype number and you can be up on the computer and you can talk. You can just use a computer keyboard. Yeah. So yep. Yeah. Live and live and learn. So um, yep. We know this isn't going to happen, but would you race or want to volunteer at Untamed if next year or that? Well, let's say in two years. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's a gosh, that's a good question. I think it probably will depend on where it is. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> if it's you know, I one of the reasons I I love New England and um, racing up there, but I felt like I'd done enough of them and um, I was. Um, and then I committed to Oregon, so I, I only wanted yeah. to do one this past summer. Um, I think it's really going to depend on where it is um, yeah. in terms of whether or not. But if I did not, if I do not race it, um, if there is one in the future, I, I will probably, um, and I think Liz feels the same way, we will probably go back up there and help out again. Yeah. So, so I'm um, one of those events. Yeah. So yeah. can we, um, for whatever reason, and it just sometimes happens like this. I haven't had a chance to talk to anybody that did Oregon. So, what? Yeah. Um, tell me about the race a little bit. I mean, it looked looked exceptional, but um, yeah, it was, how was it? It was fantastic. I, I really enjoyed it. It was probably one of the, I'd say actually, other than Untamed, um, several of the Untamed courses, probably one of the best race race courses I've ever raced. And I think that many people that I spoke. I've spoken felt the same way. Yeah. Um, just pure wilderness. Uh, I mean, so remote. Um, re- no roads. No, we didn't even see no people. Um, the only time we ever saw a civilization was in the TAs. Um, you know, you had to get your own water the entire course, which was. Um, I don't think I've ever treated my water so much. Um, <laughs> that that was part of the course, which was really interesting, yeah. and they. You know, they pretty much said right out front, you're on your own with water. It's got to be part of your race strategy. Um, they just did a really great job with everything. Logistics, I mean, you would have thought they'd been putting on this race for several years. Um, and I would highly recommend that, that people go out and do it again. It's just an incredible playground for, yeah. for adventure racing. It's big well, and beautiful. Yeah. So, Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's really the perfect area. I think maybe at, in the entire country, you know, other than maybe New England and out in the Rockies, you know, in the middle of the country yeah. in Montana um, for for the sport. 
um, because of, of just the terrain and everything. So yeah, well, yeah, it looked good, and it it may be your only chance to expedition race next year in the U.S. So yeah, exactly. They, they may have yeah, that I, going too. They're going to do it. Yeah, and it was you know it was really technical um, mm-hmm. in terms of you know the the paddling, um, the climbing. Um, it, it was it was no joke, you know. Yeah. Um, across and I and I thought it was great. I love that. I think it's I think it's sort of everything adventurous and should be. Um, very challenging navigation. Um, this is this is not a beginner's race. Not that any expedition yeah. is, um, but I think sometimes some of them can be easier than others. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was fantastic. So I would, uh, yeah. yeah if, if they have it again, you should, you should try and get out there. Yeah, it, it would be, be fun. You know, it's one of those yeah. things, though. You know that that Jason and Chelsea and those guys, they've got a really good crew out there to, for doing media yeah. and stuff. So it's it's kind of like, God, it'd really be fun, but they don't really yeah. need me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be wanted, but yeah. So yeah. so they did a really good job. Um, I, yeah, of course. I expected that. So, um, yeah. So, a little yeah. closer to home for you guys. Things kind of a few little different changes in the the southeast there, and well, kind of all up and down. So, mm-hmm. what do you think um, racing is going to look like next year? Adventure racing, specifically, in on the east coast. Yeah, I know. It's obviously with um, adventure enablers, um, not putting anything on. I, I think there's going to be. I think there's still going to be a lot of lot of races. I think yeah. it's such a hotbed of adventure racing in the Mid Atlantic. Yeah. Obviously, Philly, New England with Naira. Um, yeah. I, I think I don't know if there's necessarily going to be an, an expedition on the East Coast next yeah. year. Um, we we have some ideas and some thoughts, but I think it's going to take a year or two for us. Um, yeah. Other, you know, obviously C to C is happening again. I think in Florida. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, but I think I, I think Rootstock and Goals and Naira are still gonna, from what I know anyway, gonna be doing what they do. Yeah. Um, and so, um, but I, I think it's gonna be you know possibly that that big expedition gap that you know Adventure Neighbors has with this year and then some of their twenty four hour races um, that yeah. won't be around particularly in the spring. But um, I think there's still plenty of other other stuff for everybody out there overall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It would be, it'd be nice, you know, be nice if somebody and somebody might want to realizing there's not there's a opening for an expedition race. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe somebody will step yep. up. Who knows? But um, hey, it's not like a, yep. well, we don't need it to survive. They're just, I think they're fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, for yeah. me, for me, I can't hardly justify yeah. going to a you know twenty four. But so it's yeah. Like, well, so we'll yeah we'll figure something out. Yeah. I can't not see everybody for a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, yeah we'll see what happens. I maybe someone out there's got some something up their sleeve and they just haven't they haven't said anything about it yet. I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's yeah, it's still early. Still in, early. It's it sort early. of early yeah. in next year's planning. <laughs> so, yep. Um, yeah. But um, so. um, I don't know. I think what yeah. else do we have to talk about? 
like well, like I, I planned on anything, but. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We talked about the blueberry. That was good. <laughs> the blueberry. We talked yeah, about flowers. Flowers so. and yeah. Um. Um. In untamed in expedition racing. So. Yeah. All right. I've a little bit of everything. I, I, it is. I'm not going to say I've had enough, but it's like <laughs> it's like getting late. There, your farmers, you're probably ready for bed. Well, this uh, this might be our, our bedtime right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no, it's yeah. I gotta yeah. No, we're yeah. we we're winding the season for for Liz with the flowers is winding down a little bit, so a little bit more time, and we're revving up for for a couple of races in the fall, so. So. Kind of do a good job of of splitting our time between things. Things. So. Yeah. Yep. We never get bored, do we? No, never, never. So. <laughs> good to be busy. All right. Okay. Yep. Well, I have enjoyed getting to meet, getting to know you guys a little better. It's like, well, I just spent yeah. like a week at a race with you, and I don't know if we even saw each other during the race, other than when I stuck my yeah. head in the room, but. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> I I have thoroughly enjoyed our chat. Well, thank you. We've enjoyed it too. So, so have we. cool. So, oh. and you guys, um, you kind of get a special. This doesn't happen very often, but um, this one gets posted tomorrow. Oh, very cool. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So good. So cool. All right. Well, thank you. Sounds good. So I'm going to hang up so I can get it done. All right. Thank you, Randy. All right. All right, Thank you very bye. much. All yep. right, bye.
No, I ain't gonna work for Maggie's pie no more. Well, he puts his cigar out in your face just for kicks. His bedroom window, it is made out of bricks. The National Guard stands around his door. Just like I am, but everybody wants you. 